today, I want to talk to you quickly about a little word with a powerful meaning. The word if. I F. Did you know that if was half of life? L I F E. Half of life is if. And uh, even a kid knows the, the little significance of a little bitty word. Uh, if has a powerful, powerful meaning. And I'm sure they're going to pull it up in just a minute on the PowerPoint. If God, say it with me. If God is for us, who can be against us? Romans 8.31. I'm only going to say that one verse today. We'll take the whole text as long as we want to spend in it. If you got to go, you can leave now. How many came to hear the word of the Lord? Amen. You might as well sit back, buckle up. We're going to talk about our God who is so powerful. We serve a powerful God. I don't know that we've seen all that, uh, that we're about to see. I believe in the last days we're going to see signs and wonders. I said, I believe God's going to pour out his spirit in the last days on all flesh, young men and old men, young women, old women, everybody, nobody's exempt. Notice there's only two kind, men and women. Shout amen. There's only two kind. There's only two genders. Don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. There's only two genders, not 95. You can't make stuff up. You can't create a robot. Say, God created the robot. No, you created the robot. God didn't create the robot. And uh, and anything else that you think is right. I got to stick with the Bible, especially as the day of the Lord approaches. I got to stick with the Bible. Does it mean I don't love people? No, I love people. I love confused people just as much as I love unconfused people. Uh, God loves all people. And uh, But I'm here to tell you, God is for you. Come on now, if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if, if the Lord lives in your heart, you ought to be excited today because God is for you. The little bitty word, if, if God is for you. If, dot, dot, dot. I mean, it's powerful. Powerful. Grammatically speaking, if, if is a conditional particle. Okay, I'm not an English teacher. My daughter teaches English as a second language. Maybe you know this, Tori, English. Uh, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a conditional particle. Is that correct? Dad, right? Yeah, well, of course. She said yes. Why would she say no? Even if she didn't know the answer, she says, yeah, that's it. That's it, Dad. Keep going. It means it's, it mentions conditions or things on which certain consequences follow. If. If has many applications involving blessings, punishments, and opportunities. If. If my people called by my name would humble themselves and pray. And 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 turn from their wicked ways. If and then they got the other word, then, then, then will I hear from heaven, right? Forgive their sins and heal their land. How many know that's still a promise from the Lord? It's actually a conditional promise because of the little word if. So even children understand the significance of it. Johnny, if you eat your carrots, you can have a cookie. Chrissy's not in here yet, so I can tell before she gets back in here. When she was five, she climbed on top of the counter, and I said, Chrissy, you can't have a cookie until after you eat your dinner. But Daddy walked in and put her, her hand was in the cookie jar. And I said, Carissa, didn't I tell you you couldn't have a cookie till after dinner? She said, Daddy, I was getting that cookie for you. I mean, no, you don't have to learn how to lie. At five years old, that child was already... Bad. 
down go the carrots because Johnny loves carrots and he loves specially cookies. He don't like carrots that much, but he loves cookies. And as we get older, come a lot faster, the ifs. If you finish your homework, you can go play. If you do your chores, you can go out on the boat this weekend. If you take your meds, you'll feel better. If, if, if. It's a conditional particle. Are you all with me? It seems that if, if uh, is understood in all things ex- except except when it comes to church and the word of God. We understand the clause. We understand if, if my people, then. I know that you have to pray and humble yourself, turn from your wicked way, right? Then, then you'll see the results. So way back when God told Adam and Eve, he said, if, if you eat of this tree, you will die. You can have any tree you want. Any tree. Do not, do not, Adam and Eve, eat of the tree in the middle of the garden of trees. Don't do that. If you do, you're going to die. Here comes Satan. Hath God said, you shall not surely die. Diabolically opposed to the truth that God said, if you eat it, you'll die. Satan said, you won't die. I mean, if God says you're going to die, you're going to die. I come to bless you today. Come to encourage you. It's appointed unto man wants to die. And then the judgment. Amen. And so, if you eat, you'll die. That's why the doctrine of unconditional eternal security is so deceiving. And don't get quiet on me. I love our Baptist brethren. But listen, if you believe that, you are absolutely deceived. Who said you couldn't walk in away from God and have apostasy? Of course you can. If you don't obey his commands. You have consequences. So you can be separated from God. Does anybody in the Old Grove Assembly of God believe that you can be separated from God? If you don't abide in him, he said, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, then you can ask what you will. You see that condition? Is anybody getting anything out of this? All right. I'm going to keep preaching because you're not you're not helping me. I need you to help me. If a man keep my word, he shall never see death. What's the condition? Keeping his words. Abiding. It's an abiding action. There's an action there. Keep his word. You'll never die. You'll live forever. Amen. If we hold fast the word, we will be saved. 1 Corinthians 15, 2. If we faint not, we shall reap in due season. Galatians 6, 9. Pastor Ron's favorite verse. Right? If we endure, we will reign with him. 2 Timothy 2, 12. If we walk in the light, his blood keeps us clean. If we confess our sin, come on, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, that'll preach in a Pentecostal church. And so if is, is serious, it's serious. If God, if God is for you as our text today, then who can be against you? And I want to talk about, uh, uh, about the value of access. The value of access to God. Going to other countries and bringing the gospel in missions, you'll see people who've never heard, who've never ever heard, never read the Bible, never had a witness, and they are worshiping all kinds of idols and things and uh, all kinds of things that they do, trying to find access, going through witch doctors and Mother Mary. How many know Mother Mary can't save you? I need some help to preach up here. It's either true or it's not true. She is not deity. 
She's not the Savior. She had the Savior. She's not the Savior. So why would you go? Why would you go and pray to her when you ought to pray to Jesus? He's the Savior. In the name of Jesus, I believe y'all believe that. You just don't want to offend anybody. You know, I, I tell you what. We're living in a day where where you you know we're, we don't we want to be sensitive. We don't want to offend anybody. So if somebody's confused in their gender, uh, I see people posting online. Oh, so congratulations, congratulations. Can I tell you what? We had a lady in our youth group, a young girl in our youth group, 20 years ago, who is now married to a lady and has children with a lady. And, uh, and, and, and I've seen people, Christian people, some old grove people, posting, congratulations, how sweet it is. If somebody gets cancer, do you say, congratulations, how sweet it is you have cancer? Of course not. How ridiculous is that? Oh, I wish somebody helped me preach. Say, Pastor, that's so, so bad. No, no. We love people and we hate sin. We don't congratulate and condone and endorse. Maybe I ought to change my message. Should I preach what God gave me? Here's what God gave me. If God is for you, who can be against you? So the Apostle Paul is talking about the value of access to God. And I feel very sorry for people who don't access God, who don't value the access to God. There's a lot of people who want God in their heart, but they're not willingly to actively follow him with their life. We call that wishful thinking. Good, uh, good deeds, good thoughts. I mean, no, it's only by the blood of Jesus. And so the Apostle Paul was giving us all great encouragement when we when he finished writing his letter to the to the Romans in Romans eight, one of the most encouraging words in the word of God. I know it got quiet a minute ago. And I know it's hard. But I mean, no, you don't congratulate somebody for getting cancer. You pray for them. You pray through this man came to give us an estimate on the on the uh, garage doors. Pastor Bear, were you there? Me and Bear standing in the garage. And he's given me an estimate on the double garage doors. And he said, do me a favor. I said, whatever you want, sir. I never met him. Ten minutes earlier, I met him. He said, would you pray for me? I have cancer in every part of my body. How ridiculous for me to say, oh, congratulations to you. Congratulations to you. You get to do chemo and half die. I mean, there's a cancer called sin that's eaten this culture up. We can't be coddling it, calling people and saying, oh, how wonderful. I'm so glad you're addicted to drugs. Congratulations. No, we need to pray. So I always completely amazed at how anyone could take the, gra- the grace of God for granted. Even my sister-in-law, Kathy, when she got diagnosed with cancer. How hard is that when your own family member gets cancer? 38 years old. And she got saved the same day we all got saved. She sure did. Some 15 years earlier. As a young lady. Her and her husband. Got saved the day I got saved 40 years ago. She she didn't serve the Lord. She loved the Lord. I mean, everybody loves the Lord. I've never met a sinner that didn't want to be a saint. I never met a heathen who wanted to be a heathen. She didn't serve the Lord. 
But the day she she got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, Kathy said, I need Jesus. Sometimes, did you know 95% of people come into the kingdom of God through adverse situations? 95%. Some people go along their way until they need God. Then all of a sudden, they call out to God. And how many are glad the grace of God always meets them there? There's not a sin too big that God cannot cleanse. Come on now. I don't care how confused a person might be. I mean, no, the Holy Ghost can follow them, and the Holy Spirit of heaven can hound them until they come in. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on the child of God. Kathy's last words were Jesus. She slipped out into eternity with his name on her lips. Yeah. Because if God is for you, who can be against you? I'm always amazed. I can't imagine. Many people have never learned the value of access to God, and some even reject it. So my first thought today is I want to remind you that God is for you. He's for you. Say, Pastor, that's so simple. Well, really? I want you to see this because it ought to make you uh, excited. I said it should make a difference if you know that somebody's for you, shouldn't it? I mean, if somebody says, I'm for you, shouldn't that make a difference? Well, God's word is saying today, I'm for you. I'm not against you. See, the devil has sold a bit of goods and a lie to this culture to tell them God's not for them. God is for them. He sent his only son to die for them. Amen? So. So, I've got good news. God is for you. So, the verse says, if God is for you. If. So, listen. The Greek word, if, means if. And if you want to know the Hebrew, the Hebrew if means if. Let me go a little further in case that wasn't good enough. In this case, it doesn't mean that God's being for us is a possibility or wishful thinking. It's not like, I hope God is for me as I wish God was. I mean, no, it's a certainty. If God is for you, who can be against you? It's a matter of fact. If God is for you, who can be against you? I don't know if you're hearing me today. It's not by chance or some possibility if God is for you. The answer is no one can be against you. I think it deserves a praise. Come on, I think he deserves a praise. If you're at work and the clock says 12.30 p.m. and you might say, wow, I better get going if I plan to eat lunch today on my lunch hour. You understand that? It's about, it, it, it's not about the possibility of you eating lunch. It's about you eating because it's 1230. I mean, no. Oh, God's about ready to blow the trumpet. How many believe the rapture is coming soon? When I, when I think about where we are in the timeline, there's nothing else to be done. There's nothing. We believe in an imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe in any moment now, any second, any millisecond, Pastor Ron could be up here preaching and the Lord could come back. And the Lord himself 
will descend from heaven with a shout. Not Pastor Ron, not even an angel. The Lord himself. How many know he loves you? He's for you. He's not sending a replacement. He's not getting a pastor. He's not getting an angel. The Lord himself. He is coming after you. You know why? Because he loves you. He's coming after you because you made yourself ready. And so, it's about God being for you. And if God is for you, which he is, you can live for him. If God is for you, you can overcome sin. I said, if God is for you, how many believe the church is for you? There's people that go to church and the church don't even love me. The church ain't for me. Well, get up and, 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 and wipe all the silliness off your face and understand the church does love you. But how can anybody love you if you don't love you? You're blaming everybody else that don't say nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I think I'm going to eat some worms. No, no. You have to learn how to receive love. And some people have been so marred, so beat up, so beaten, so abused. Are you hearing me? They wouldn't know love if it slapped them in the face. So they say nobody loves them. And yet all the while, all the while God loves them. God, while we were yet sinners, I mean, no, Christ died for us. That's love right there. I said, that's love. One of the greatest things that got me as a young man going to church, I, was, I didn't really want to go to church. I didn't want to change my life. Who does, man? I thought I was living it up, living it up. Oh, yeah. Friday night. I thought that was the way to go, man. No problems. Broke and happy to be broke. Didn't need nothing or no one. Till I walked into a similar God church. Those people started loving me, hugging me. What? Y'all don't do that no more. I know COVID put a spell on you. How I many know you better get your love back? You better get your love back. You plan on winning this world for God. They're going to need a lot of love. Or you can get in one of those suits. Get you one of them big old suits. You can look like a spaceman. Just get in the foyer with a space suit and love on people. I mean, no, we can't stop loving people into the kingdom. Because, listen, if it's this pandemic, how many know there's going to be another pandemic and another pox and another pox and a monkey pox and a panda pox? You can't quit loving God's people. Because there's pestilence. Didn't Jesus say there would be pestilence? He said, I'm coming back. And here's some signs. Famine. Pestilence. Disease. Persecution. Problems. Trials. Troubles. In fact, Jesus said, in this world, you are guaranteed to have trouble. Well, what did he say after that? Be of good cheer. Come on, church. Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. If God is for you. Who can be against you? So Romans 7 shows us the dilemma that we have with sin, but Romans 8 provides a solution to the dilemma. The Holy Spirit has come. Anybody glad to be Holy Spirit filled? And if God is for you, Romans 8 says, what shall we say then? What shall we say then? Say that in response to these things, suffering, persecution, etc., things we face in life from unbelievers. You ain't seen nothing yet. Listen, church. You haven't seen anything yet. The unbelievers in the wicked world that the culture we live in, it's going to get ugly. Ugly. So, well, America hasn't felt the effects of persecution. 
But how many know around the world, 300,000 people every day get persecuted? You remember they put them on the beach in, in Iraq, Iran, wherever they were, just pull their heads off, cut their heads off. We watch that like nothing. Listen, in Rwanda, the Tutsis and the Hutus, two tribes, a million people died over some kind of fight. I mean, oh, the devil would love for us to kill each other. I'm not against the Baptists. I want the Baptists to get the Holy Ghost. And I want them to clear it up from this damnable lie that says once you're saved, you're always saved. You can't go on and drink and cuss and sex it up and drug it up and everything and still say you're a Christian. You can't do it. You can't do it. And yet churches are packed, packed to the gill. Who wouldn't want that kind of religion? There's no coincidence. There's no consequences. There's no consequences. In, in fact, Assembly of God churches, they say, come as you are and stay as you are. Not at Oak Grove. We say, come as you are, but you better get changed. Otherwise, you ain't going to make it to heaven. You can stay at Oak Grove, but you ain't going to get to heaven. And it would be on my hands. Their blood would be on my hands when I get up there to say, Lord, Lord, didn't you see the packed out house? They were everywhere. They were everywhere. You see, I went, Ron, Ron, why didn't you tell them the truth? So that's on my hands. So you got to either love me or hate me, but what? Don't ignore me. Verse 35. It's powerful here. God is for us. You, you see this? He loves us. He's going to protect us and provide for us and defend us. For 40 years, I was just thinking as we were praying and singing, worshiping that song, he's been faithful. All my life he has been faithful. I know that didn't come out in the right key, but it doesn't really matter. I was just thinking, all my saved life, he's been faithful. Protected me. I mean, oh, God protected you from darts from the enemy when you were sleeping. You didn't even know it. He was protecting you. You should have been dead and he saved you. You should have been bankrupt and he pulled you out. God helped you. How many say God has helped you in the years that you've been serving the Lord? And so he has been faithful. We have Jesus. Look at verse 35. It's powerful. In any condition, in any condition, trouble, hardship, famine, nakedness, sword, disease, danger of any kind, God is for us. Why? Because we have Jesus. It's so simple. In Christ, we have it all. You say, Pastor, how do you know God is for us? Because it says so. The next part of the verse says he sent his only son to die for us. To redeem us from our sin that once separated us from him. But now because we have Jesus, nothing, nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Not life, not death. Well, there's two big categories. There's two big categories. Nothing in life. And I guess the enemy of the last enemy of the believer is death, right? There's not even death. What are you going to do with somebody you can't kill? Listen, if this is all the life you get, you better get anxious and nervous. But I mean, oh, this is not all. I'm, a, I'm just a pilgrim passing through. 
I said, this is not my home. I'm looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. There's something for me on the other side. If this is the last sermon I preach, and it could be. I know God's got something good for me. I don't know what you've reserved and stored up. Let me just say, and if you're not tithing, I hate to take a look at your little mansion. Be like a Fijian hut. I saw, I went into a Fijian hut last week. Actually, very nice. Clean as you could be. I, we ate off the floor, literally. And I'd eat off the floor again. It was very wonderful, people. Clean, clean thatch roof. Some of you think you're going to inherit a mansion, and you ain't even give God a penny. I don't know. If you sow sparingly, if you sow bountifully, I don't know about what it makes you want to do, but it makes me want to get a Mack truck. Start giving. See, is this about money? No, it's about storing your treasures in heaven where nobody can interrupt it, where it don't rust, where there are no rivals, no thieves. Are y'all hearing me? We have Jesus. Nothing can stop us. Therefore, we have no rivals. Go ahead and hate on me. It makes no difference. And you got to stand in line anyway. Other people are already hating on me. If everybody likes you, you might ought to question your likability factor. Everybody's not supposed to like you. Let me keep going because it could get ugly right there. Could get ugly. I like you, by the way. In fact, I love you. If I didn't love you, I'd let you go waddle in your sin. I congratulate you for just being lost. But I'll tell you the truth. It makes no difference to me whether you like me or not. The difference it makes is that you love Jesus. In fact, we can actually return love for hate because God raised us above the evil in this world and all it can do to us. What can man do to you? What profit is it to gain the whole world, Jesus said, and lose your own soul? Why do you want to be liked? And this social, you know, social media, they're going to like, like, like. Everybody wants to be liked. Liked. I, when I first got on Facebook, I thought I was supposed to have all these friends. So I liked everybody. Nobody told me. There wasn't a manual on how to do Facebook. So everybody was in the paper in the, down the row. I said, I don't really know them, but like, 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 like. I have 3,000 friends I never met. I just like them all. And I'm hoping they like me back. There's a few I'd like to unfriend because you know what I'm not interested in? I'm not interested in your personal opinions. And I'm really not interested in how many times you go to the bathroom every day. So we've taken something that could have been a blessing and turned it into a mess. It's a mess. We're telling everybody we like everything. And so it's easy to do. You know why? Cowardness. You don't have to look anybody in the face anymore and tell anybody with a straight face what you really believe. So you say foolishness and you don't care because you don't even know them. I wish I was preaching. I'm telling you, America and her military ain't going to get it. America's military doesn't have enough power to keep back what's about to happen. And guess what? America has no money. 
and they can keep printing it. But guess what? It's worth nothing. Can I tell you what's worth something? God is for you. That's worth something right there. And if God is for you, mm, he loves you. He loves you. I'm not trying to psych you out, pump you up. I'm telling you, neither the military nor the money nor the politics is going to make, going to help you out at all in these last days. It's not going to help you. And I refuse to contradict the call on my life to preach by, by trying to place your hope in anything else except God's word. If God is for you, who can be against you? If God is for you, who can be against you? Who shall separate you from the love of God? No, no. The answer to the first question is, no one can be against you. The answer to the second question is, no. In all things, you're made more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loved us. I'm certain that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Now, that's good news, my friend. And maybe you read Romans 8 and you never really got a hold of this. But this It's getting a hold of me. And that's the hope I came to give you this morning. No COVID. No monkeypox. No Russia invasion. No China invasion. No demon. No disease. No disaster. No tornado. No hurricane. Nothing. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. See, you can't really do nothing with the Apostle Paul. They said, hey, Paul, if you preach in Jesus' name, we're going to put you in jail. He says, oh, would you please put me in the Philippian jail? I just about had the Philippian jailer won to the Lord. No, no, don't put him in jail. He's going to win people to Jesus. Let's do something else. Let's kill him. Paul, if you preach in Jesus' name, we're going to kill you. Oh, would you please, he said. I was torn between the two whether to be with the Lord or or keep preaching the gospel. You can't kill a dead man. Dead men don't believe. Quit worrying about what everybody thinks about you. Start worrying about what God says about you. Everybody's so sensitive, highly sensitive people. Everything's not about you. Don't get paranoid. Oh, they're saying something about me. Are they talking about me? Probably not. I just came to bless you. You're not worth talking about. People do get paranoia. Everybody's after them. But that's not what's happening. So what, Pastor? What? What? Well, I want you to know that Jesus loves you right now in this moment. Right now. Right here. Right now. He loves you. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter if you're facing surgery or bankruptcy, or marriage problems, or children issues, or whatever issue you're facing. How many know he loves you right now? Right now, he's got your address. He knows your problem. He knows your need. Before you even ask, God already knows it. Does anybody believe that? So he's saying, I'm for you. I'm for you. I'm for you. He loves you right now. You say, well, where is he then? Where is he, Brother Ron? Doesn't he see me in my pain? Doesn't he know how many medications I take a day? Where's he been? 
That's the age-old question everybody asks. Where's God? I tell you, he's where he's always been. And I tell you where it's at. It's not in the grave. How many know he's not in the grave? How many know Jesus died and was buried, but three days later he came out of the grave? And then what did he do? He offered up his own blood, the sacrifice for my sin. He put it on the mercy seat. He went through the heavens, past the veil, into the very presence of God, and God accepted that sacrifice. And then he tagged out the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit came. Hallelujah. Where did Jesus go, Pastor? Well, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. What's he doing, Pastor? He's praying for you. If God is for you, if Jesus is praying for you, if Pastor Ron and Melissa are praying for you, and the staff is praying for you, and the church is praying for you, who can be against you? Nothing, nothing, nothing. You know what? I'm glad to have prayer partners. Anybody who's a prayer partner here, thank you. Keep on praying because I plan to keep on working. I plan to keep on living till I die. So this is one of the mottos of my life. I plan to live while I'm alive. Well, that's deep. Now I'm going to say it again real slow. I'm planning on, <laughs> I'm planning on living while I'm alive. Some of you done quit, you done quit living. You're just existing. Every day is a burden. You wake up and go to work, come on, same thing. Every day I just go to work and I come home. I go to work next day, I come home. I mean, no, there's more to life than that. There's more to life than that. When I wake up, I say, good morning, Jesus. I woke up in, in Fiji and I looked at the mountain and it was called the Sleeping Giant. Beautiful mountain. The Holy Spirit said, you know what the real Sleeping Giant is? The church in America. It's the real sleeping giant. We've forgotten how good God is. I said in a real Pentecostal church, they'd be shouting and running all over the place right now. Just at the fact that God loves me right now. He's, he's loving you right where you are. In your dilemma. He's working it out. Somebody shout, he's working it out. Come on, shout, he's working it out. He will see you through. You might not see it. You might not feel it. He saved you. Yes, he did. But he's. He's also saving you hour by hour. He didn't just save you. He's saving you. He saved me. And he's saving me. And he's preserved me. He's got good plans for me. Plans for good and not for evil. Man, this is good stuff, Pastor. Just keep preaching. They'll, they'll be done in a minute. Till you reach your future in him, don't quit. So. He's loving us in this moment. Verse 14 said, he's leading us. Be filled. Live by the Spirit. Don't quench the Spirit. Don't grieve the Spirit. Be willing to follow. Some of the problems is God wants to lead you, but you're always resisting. And reject. Remember what Paul, whenever God hit Paul, uh, Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus? He said, Saul, Saul, why are you kicking against me? I've been trying to get you, but every time I go to get you, you're kicking me. Keep pushing me away. You know why? Here's what I figured. And a lot of people, I've counseled a lot of people. Some people who've been so hurt, emotionally, mentally, just uh, abused most of the time. They lost the ability to receive. Can't receive love. And listen, if you can't receive love, 
you're in a bad place. That's a bad place. How many know the first thing you need to do is say, God, open up my heart again. Soften my heart. And just call on Jesus and say, come and live in me. Come love me and help me to love you. Because until you love you, nobody else is going to be able to love you. I know couples that try to stay married. This is for real. And one partner wants to love the other, but they won't let them love them because they've been abused. So then they, they say, you can't love me because somebody abused me. Now you can't love me because they abused me. You can't love me. Are you all hearing that? And maybe you got beat up in your life. I want to tell you right now, God longs to heal what you're willing to forgive. What you're willing to, 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 uh, to reveal, he will heal. So I don't know what's going on today. I just came to preach. But he's leading you. Verse 15 said he's freeing us from fear. Verse 16 says he's praying for us. And we could go on all day long, but it's time to quit. And I got to go kiss a pig. I get to go kiss a pig. Pastor Ron, why are you so crazy about living for God and doing the mission of God? Listen, there's nothing else worth living for. Right? Here's what I found. Yeah, you can come on up. Oh, you have to kiss a pig too? Chrissy said, I have to kiss that pig too. And Taylor's like, Taylor's like, don't leave me out. Don't leave me out. <laughs> so y'all can come back to the platform. We can all go out there and kiss the pig. And if any of you like to kiss the pig, we won't leave you out either. You can, you can all get a kiss on the way out. That's fine. Um, but before you kiss a pig, how many know the Lord would love to kiss you? The Lord would love to kiss you. God is not up in heaven with a ball and chain. Trying to see how hard he can make your life. And we've had a lot of people think and have a perception of God that he's mean and he's not gracious. He's just some evil judge trying to kill everybody around. How many know he's not that at all? He's gracious and kind, full of mercy and compassion. He's been so good to me, I cannot tell it all. I mean, lift your hands and say, the Lord's been good to me. He's been good to me. Even in my bad days, God's been good to me. Even when I didn't think I could take another step, when I didn't think I could go another day, the Lord came through for me. All things work together for the good to those that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. Would you stand with us this morning? If, if. What shall we say to these things if God be for us? Who can be against us?